I would invite you to open with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we're, we're starting a new series tonight, going through this great chapter of the Bible. It's, it's really one of those kind of like Mount Everest chapters. And it reminds me a little bit of Romans chapter 8. A few years ago, we spent uh, some weeks going through Romans chapter 8 together. And I, we're cheating a little bit because we're not going through Hebrews 1 through 10. We're jumping right to the... It's all good, but it, it's kind of like an Oreo. Do you ever just pull the Oreo apart and just go straight for the good the good stuff? Um, not that it's not all good, but that's what we're doing. We're jumping right into the the sweet stuff, the really great stuff. And we're going to spend some weeks walking through uh, this passage together. As I said, there's about 20 different uh, people from the Old Testament that are named in this chapter, and it talks about how they lived for God in their generation and... That's what our heart's endeavor and desire is to do as well in the time and season in which we live, that we would live for God and that we would be faithful unto God. Amen? And so let me give you a little bit of background on the book of Hebrews and, and where we are at so far leading up until Hebrews chapter 11. The book of Hebrews, the author is unknown. We don't know exactly who wrote it. There's some speculation about it, but the author does not name himself. It's also not completely clear who he was writing to. It's also not completely clear the reason he's writing. Those things are not stated in this letter. And so you have to uh, sort of draw those things up out of the content, draw those things up out of what he talks about. And the, the topic is that, that he addresses in the book of Hebrews are Christians who, under the threat of persecution are turning back to the old ways. They, they, they were Jewish Christians who had believed in Jesus. They had grown up under the Old Testament law. They had grown up with the law, the prophets, but they had received Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior. But now Christians are being persecuted for their faith. And Jews at this time were not being persecuted. And so the temptation is, well, why don't we just go back? Why don't we just not keep this Jesus part, but we'll just go back to the Moses part and we won't be persecuted anymore. And so the writer of Hebrews writes to them and, and is trying to convince them that Jesus is better than the Old Testament, that, that Jesus is better. That's the whole message of the book of Hebrews that Jesus is a better mediator, that Jesus is a better high priest, that uh, through Christ it's a better covenant with better results in our lives, with better promises, all based on a better sacrifice. And so he, he's encouraging them, don't turn back to the Old Testament. There's, there's nothing there for us now because Jesus has come and Jesus is better. And all of the Old Testament, that was all foreshadowing what we have in Christ. And so he encourages them just as the Old Testament saints were faithful to God under the old covenant, how much more, how much more should we now with the better covenant, with the better promises, with the better sacrifice, with the better high priest, with the better mediator, how much more should we live faithful to God even under the threat of persecution that we would not fall back, but that we would press forward in our faith. 
And so when he gets to, to Hebrews chapter 11, he, he begins walking through all of the heroes of the faith and showing how they lived faithfully for God and pulling out for, for us these, these lessons, these things that we can learn to help us live faithfully for God in our lives. And so if you look at verse 39, the last verse of chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, 39, he says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. We don't shrink back in the face of whatever we may face in this life. And we don't know what the future holds. God knows, amen? But we don't know what the future holds. If you had to make predictions about the year that we live in 10 years ago in 2012, I don't think that you would have drawn a picture like what we're living in today. If you had to draw a picture 20 years ago in 2002 about what the world would look like today, I bet it would have looked way different if, if 30 years ago, in 1992, it would have looked way different. We don't know what the future holds. And so likewise, if, if we tried to draw a picture of what the next five years would look like, of what the next 10 years would look like, we would probably be very wrong. Yeah, I, I think that if you took a time machine and you went back in time and and brought somebody from, from 20 years ago to, to 2022, they would think they stepped into some sort of alternate universe. They wouldn't think it's part of the same timeline. Sorry if you're not into science fiction and timelines, but like, like how did we go from there to here? It, it's astonishing. I, don't, I lived through it. I don't even know how we got here, to be honest with you. It's quite astonishing. And so what the point is, we don't know what we're going to face in the future. But what we do know is whatever we face, we want to live faithfully for God. We don't want to be people that fall away from the faith. In the threat of whatever may be, uh, in, in, in whatever we may be facing. And so that really is the heart behind this series is to build you up, to build your faith, to look at these Old Testament examples, to, to see how they live faithfully for God, and to build your faith to live faithfully for God where you're at, where God has you in the family that you are in. And so that's the great hope as, as we endeavor going through uh, this series. So Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at the first three verses that really serve as an introduction. And we're going to be studying tonight faith. Now, I have a daughter named Faith. And uh, that shows you how important faith is. We named our first daughter Faith. And she's on the front row and she's turned bright red. Uh, we're not studying faith the person. We're studying the idea of faith. And, and so as we study faith tonight... We're going, to, we're going to look at three points. We're going to look at the definition of faith. We're going to look at the source of faith and then the results of faith. The definition of faith, the source of faith, and the result of faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. 
speak to our hearts tonight. What a joy it is to be here with your people. I pray that you would build our faith, that you would strengthen our faith, that our faith would grow, that it would increase, that our trusting in you, uh, Lord, would, would be more in 2022 than it was last year and more than two years ago. And, and no matter what we face, Lord, that our faith would stand the test and that we would persevere and live faithfully for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're gonna look at these first three verses and I'm reading from the English Standard Version um, tonight. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, that is by faith, the people of old, that's the, the old covenant, the Old Testament, received their commendation or their good report. By faith, we know or understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so first tonight, the definition of faith, and we have that here in this first verse, the definition of faith. Faith is, what is faith? If you had to explain what faith is to someone, he gives it to us here in this nutshell, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, assurance. Now, sometimes this word assurance is translated as the substance, the substance, the, the material, if you will, the substance of things hoped for. But the Greek word that's translated here it literally means to stand under and support. To stand under and support. And so faith is to the Christian what a foundation is to a house. Faith is to the Christian what a foundation is to a house. Faith stands under, faith supports, faith is that, that assurance, faith is what the Christian life is built upon. In fact, there is no Christian life without faith, Amen. without faith. And a lot of people, they struggle with this idea of faith. They want everything to be explained in, in the most minute of detail. And, and they, when it comes to Christianity and it comes to the Christian faith, they say, well, if you can't explain it to me in scientific language, then I can't believe it because... I'm like Nacho Libre's companion. I believe in science, you know. Um, what was his name? Escalito? Es es anyway, Escalito. That's right, Escalito. Um, you know, the world today is following, you know, Escalito-anity. You know, they've all converted to Escalito's, you know, belief. We believe in science. And if you can't prove it scientifically, then I don't believe in it. And there are just some things that cannot be proven by science, Amen. by the scientific method. There's just many different things. The, the, one of them is that we can't prove that the universe didn't come into being five seconds ago. You can't prove that scientifically. There's a whole host of things that you can't prove by science. 
You can't prove that something is beautiful by science. You can't prove what, you can't define love by science. There's a whole host of things that we cannot define by the scientific method that are so important and integral to the human life. No, no, no bride walks down the aisle on her wedding day and looks at her future husband and says, if you can't convince me scientifically that you love me, I'm not going to marry you. It's absurd. But so many people take that approach when it comes to the Christian faith and they want to uh, totally rule out this idea of faith and Without faith, you don't have Christianity. There is no Christian life without faith. And so what is faith? It is this assurance of things hoped for. Again, in, in, if you go up just a few verses in chapter 10, verse 38 of Hebrews, it says, the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We, we trust in God. And when you get into verse 6 of, of chapter 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it is this assurance, this foundation, it supports what? What does it support? What is it at the foundation of? What is it the assurance of? Things hoped for. Things hoped for. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that we have been born again to a living hope. Now, what are some things that we hope for in the Christian life? Eternity, right? The return of Christ, the resurrection of the dead, the glorification of the body. How many of you are looking forward to that glorified body? Amen. Amen. I am. Every day I get older, the more and more I look forward to that great glorified body body the rule and reign of Christ on the earth perfect justice in the world no more injustice no more suffering no more pain no more sickness no more disease no more variance amen, amen. no more death that is what we hope for and it tells us that faith is the assurance of what we hope for. The assurance of what we hope for. Faith is what tells us that the things we're hoping for, they're going to happen. It's that assurance. It's that confidence. Again, the conviction of things not seen. I don't see it yet. I don't see these things with my natural eyes Nevertheless, by faith, I have a conviction in the deepest part of my soul that these things are true, that these things are real. The author William Lane wrote a commentary on, on Hebrews, and in this section, he says this. He says, faith celebrates now the reality of the future blessings. Faith celebrates now the reality of the future blessings which make up the objective content of the Christian hope. Faith gives to the objects of hope 
the force of present realities and enables the person to enjoy the full certainty that in the future these realities will be experienced. Faith celebrates now the reality of the future blessings. That's what faith does. We can celebrate the resurrection. Not not just Christ's resurrection 2,000 years ago, which we celebrate, but his resurrection is what makes the future resurrection possible. That you and I will be raised and everyone who has believed upon Christ when he returns, we will be raised to new life, to rule and to reign with him for all eternity. And we can celebrate that now. We can live now as though it were true because it is true and we do so by faith. Faith is what makes that possible. There's a story told of an early Christian martyr and as he was facing his execution for his faith in Christ, he was brought before a judge and the judge pressed him and he said, do you really think that the likes of you will go to God and his glory? The martyr replied, I do not think, I know, I know. Faith makes knowing these things possible. Faith is knowing that what we hope for is true. Faith is the confident assurance that God's promises are yes and amen. Amen. Faith is the unwavering belief that what God has promised, he will perform. That is the definition of faith. The assurance, the confidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. You know, one day, faith will become sight. One day, we, we will not need faith anymore. And even the, the writer of, of Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, these things, uh, these things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That, that one day, faith and hope, they won't exist anymore because we will see with our eyes We will see with our eyes. We live in a world that that wants that now where it says, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. We live in a world that says seeing is believing, but really in the kingdom of God where we are today waiting for the return of Christ, believing makes seeing possible. Believing makes seeing possible. The conviction of things not yet seen. That's the definition of faith. Now, the source of faith, where does faith come from? Where does faith come from? Well, Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That faith is a, actually a gift from God, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us. A gift from God. And it comes by hearing the word of God. That God speaks, and this passage tells us that God spoke the worlds into existence, and that God speaks, and as God speaks, 
We hear his word and faith is what is produced within our hearts. Faith to believe the word and to act on the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This is why it's so important the things that you listen to, the things that you watch, the things that you consume. The more you listen to the word of God, the more faith you will have. Faith doesn't come by hearing the news. Faith doesn't come by listening to the president's press secretary. Faith doesn't come by listening to the reports from the United Nations. Faith doesn't come by watching the stock market. Faith comes only and is only found in one place by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more you listen to the word, the more faith you will have. The more you study the word, the more faith you will have. The more you read the word, the more faith you will have. The more you share the word and encourage one another with the word, the more faith you will have. But the opposite is also true, isn't it? The less you study the word, the less you read the word, the less you hear the word, the weaker your faith will become. If you never listen to, read, or study the word, you will have very little faith. You will have a very weak faith. And when you find yourself in that state, you're actually very vulnerable to the lies of Satan. When you're not filling your soul with the truth of the word of God, Satan comes so subtly. Satan comes uh, so sneakily, sneaky-like, snake-like. And he begins to sow seeds of doubt, seeds of lies. We're exposed to attack when we're not filling ourselves with the word of God. And it all begins in our minds, the lies of the enemy. And so what are you filling your soul with? And I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you're the people that came out on Sunday night to church. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But I want you to know this is why we're doing this. To build your faith. To build your faith. And that your faith as you come and participate and as you read the word throughout the week, your faith will grow. That means your belief in the things hoped for will become more solid, more secure. That your stance on the word of God will be unwavering the more you study the word, the more you expose yourself to the truth. But what are you filling your soul with throughout the week? Is it the things of the world? If so, your faith in Christ will will suffer for it. You will have a weak faith open to the attack of the enemy. You know, I would encourage you to really take to heart the things that you are consuming. What is your diet like? Is it a healthy diet of the word and maybe a few other things sprinkled in? Or are you feeding on everything else and you've got your little bit of word here and there? You need to examine your diet. If we don't want to be flabby Christians, if we don't want a flabby faith, we got we to gotta feast on the word. 
We got to exercise our faith. You know, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. The less you use it, the weaker it becomes. So let me encourage you. You know, I used to listen to all kinds of different music. I like music. I'm a musician. I used to listen to all kinds of different music. Uh, but the more I grew in my walk with the Lord, I, 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 I just couldn't listen to stuff that didn't build my faith anymore. It, it, though I enjoy the music, it, it's very rare today that I'll listen to something that is, is not, not, not only Christian, but just explicitly gospel, ex, not gospel music style, but the content of the gospel. Because that's what I need to build my faith. I, I can't be, you know, in the word, saturated in the word, and then go and listen to the things of the world. It, it just, it doesn't work together. It's like oil and water. It doesn't mix well. One will end up drowning out the other. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to try and be a legalist to, to you at all, but I am encouraging you to evaluate and prayfully, prayerfully consider the things that you are watching, the things that you are reading, the things that you are listening to, it will affect your walk with the Lord. It will affect your walk with the Lord. It used to be that I used to watch all kinds of different TV shows and all kinds of different movies. And uh, I'm not, again, not trying to be a legalist, but Heather and I hardly watch any TV. We hardly watch any movies anymore. If we do, they're usually in black and white, you know, something from that's a little more wholesome. Um, and not, not in a matter of, of being a legalist, but it, it just, for my faith to be strong, I need to constantly fill my soul with the truth, with the reality of Christ. And these other things, they, they just, it's like, stale oatmeal. I mean, it just has like no substance to it anymore. And so I would encourage you to examine, prayerfully consider the things that you're watching, the things that you're reading, the things that you're listening to. What are you filling your soul with? Does it have spiritual content that builds your faith? Or is it the opposite? You know, I used to enjoy watching sports too. But I, I can't hardly turn a game on anymore just because the, the commercials are just so demonic, you know? I mean, I don't know any other word. They're just so anti-Christ. And, and it, 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 it just ruins the whole thing. And so anyway, that's enough meddling on that. But, but the source of faith, it comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Feast on the word and your faith will grow. The third is now the results of faith. The results of faith. We looked at the definition of faith, the source of faith, and the results of faith. What does faith produce? What are the results of faith? Well, James chapter 2, verse 17 says that faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So what does faith produce? Faith produces action. That's what faith does. Faith without works is dead. If there's no action behind your belief, if there's no putting into practice what you actually believe, then it's dead faith. 
It's not a faith that's alive. It's not a faith that's genuine. It's not a faith that is true. Genuine faith always produces action. And as we go through this Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to see how Abel put his faith into practice, how Abraham put his faith into practice, how Moses put his faith into practice, how Isaac and Jacob and and all of the, the great heroes of the faith, the things that they did because of what they believed. And it's no different for you and for me. We must put our faith into action. If we truly believe what we say we believe, we should live a different kind of life. The manifestation of faith is confident obedience to the word of God in spite of circumstances and consequences. I'll say that again. The manifestation of faith, the result of faith, what is produced by faith is a confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. You know, I think of, when I think of faith, I think of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they were told when the music plays, you have to bow down to this golden image, this golden idol. And the music played and the whole kingdom bowed down. I realize the whole nation of Israel had been exiled and taken into captivity into the land of Babylon. So there was a lot of other Israelites there that day. There was a lot of other people who had the word of God, who knew what the word of God said about bowing down to idols. Nevertheless, those three would not bow. They stood because they had faith in the word of God. And they said, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the consequences, we trust in God and we will obey his word. And brothers and sisters, what the world needs today are believers with that kind of faith. People who will say, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the outcome may be, no matter what the consequences are, I am standing in obedience to the word of God. That's what the world needs is for you and for me. That's what your family needs is for you to say, No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the consequences, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what the neighbors are doing. It doesn't matter what the school kids and, and the pressure being put on our family to do X, Y, and Z, or allow our kids to participate in these activities. No matter the fallout, No matter if we're ostracized, no matter if we're labeled, we will obey the word of God. That's what your family needs. Wives, that's what your husband needs is a wife that says, I will submit to the word of God. Husbands, 
That's what your wife needs is a husband who will say, as for us and our family, we will submit to the word of God. Kids, that's what you need to do. You need to make an unwavering determination and commitment that you are going to serve the Lord and obey his word. That's what our world needs. Our world doesn't need more people to just go along with the flow. Our world doesn't need more people who will just look like everybody else, talk like everybody else, think like everybody else. No, our world needs people of faith, people who are confident in the word of God, who have an assurance of the things hoped for, who will take a stand, who will not bend, who will not bow, who will not back down. but will step out in obedience to what the word of God teaches. I visited a coffee shop this week that uh, I don't normally frequent. Um, it's, it was, it, the only way I know how to describe it is bohemian, okay? They were burning incense, okay? It was very... Um, New age, if, if you could put it that way. You put it that way? My brother Mike was with me. And inside this coffee shop, they had every single symbol of the current culture and its um, outlook on the world. Uh, rainbow flags, uh, just, just the whole thing, right? It, it was just clearly put on display that they're part of that System, that ideology that is so prevalent in the world today, the culture that our world is embracing. However, the, the, the theme of their, 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 they had a motto in their coffee shop, which was like an oxymoron. The, the motto for their coffee shop was embrace the counterculture. Embrace the counterculture. I thought, you're not embracing the counterculture, you're embracing the culture. It's, it's such an oxymoron. So I bought the shirt. Because I embrace the counterculture. Even though they don't, I do. So I bought the shirt. Because I, I don't want to be like the world. I, I don't want to be the way the world is going. If the world is going in this direction, we're headed in that direction. Because we're following Christ. And faith is the confident assurance to do that. It produces that steadfast, unwavering determination to follow God no matter the circumstance, no matter the consequences. And guess what you have to do? You have to determine and decide in your heart beforehand, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to stand for him. Let me tell you something. The three Hebrew children, they weren't standing there wondering what they were going to do when the music played. They had determined years before that they were going to stand for the Lord, that they were not going to follow after the system of the world. And so young people especially, you have to make the determination now. I will stand for Christ. 
I will follow his word. And no matter what situation and circumstance may come my way, I've already made the decision. I'm not reevaluating everything in every situation and circumstance. No. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I follow him. He is my master. He is my Lord. And if you will do that, you will stand out from the crowd. You might say, I don't want to stand out from the crowd. I want to blend in with everybody else. Listen, that's boring. That's just a boring, purposeless existence. God's created you to have a purpose. God's created you to have an impact. God's created you to shine bright, to be a city on a hill. Amen. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. Quit trying to be like everybody else. Just embrace the counterculture. Embrace the kingdom of God. Embrace living for him. You will will stand out from the world. You you will, I believe, you will even prosper in this life in, in ways like you'd never imagine because God's hand of blessing will be upon you. And just like those three Hebrew children, God stood with them in the fire. And God's not going to abandon you as you go through the fire, as you go through the trials of life. Guess who's standing there right there with you? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. His promise is to never leave us or forsake us. To be with his people. And just as he stood with those three three, three Hebrew children in the fire that day, so he stands with all of his children in the face of every obstacle, in the face of every situation and circumstance. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He gives us his power. He gives us his strength. And then look at the results of those three Hebrew children's faith. They're brought out of the fire. They don't even smell like smoke. And the king bows down and he says, how is this possible? Your God is the one true God. And when you take a stand, when you stand for your faith, it's not about you. It's about you putting Jesus on display and Jesus being lifted up and Jesus being exalted in your life. And Jesus says, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. And so let me encourage you. Let's make a dedication to be people of faith, to be people of faith, to trust God to build our faith. How is your faith tonight? Is it strong? Is it resolute? Do you have that confident assurance of the things hoped for? I pray that it does. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, "My, my faith is hanging by a thread. Well, how are you building your faith? What are the things that you are feeding on? Listen, quit feeding on the things of the world and feed on the things that will build your faith. And then for all of us here tonight, where in your life, where in our lives do we need to put our faith into action? Where do we need to put our faith into action? There may be someone that you know that the Lord's been dealing with you You need to share your faith. You need to share the gospel with this person. You need to submit to the Lord and put your faith into practice. Make a determination this week 
Lord, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with this person. Maybe there's somebody that, that you need to pray with, put your faith into practice. Maybe there's someone you need to forgive in your life. Put your faith into action this week. Maybe there's some things you need to reorder in your family and your family life. Put your faith into action this week because faith without works is dead. Amen? I'm going to ask us to make a new commitment tonight. You know, I said that you have to, those three Hebrew children, they... They determined ahead of time that they were going to live for the Lord. That they were going to live for the Lord, no matter what the situation and circumstance. And it just so happened that for them, their situation that they had to face down was a literal burning furnace. And I don't know what situation uh, is going to come your way. I pray it's nothing so serious. But whatever situation may come your way, I don't know. But what we must do tonight is make that determination I will live for Jesus. I will live for Jesus. And so what I want to do tonight, if if you want to make that commitment that you are going to live for Jesus, I want to invite you to stand with me tonight. Whatever may come, whatever situation, circumstance, or outcome, I am going to stand for Christ. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing your word. Lord, that faith is that assurance, that confidence, that what you have promised you will fulfill, that you will accomplish. Lord, as we have stood in uh, making a commitment tonight, Lord, we are not standing in our own strength or power or ability, but we're standing on your word, that sure foundation. We're standing in the power of your spirit. I pray that you would see each one of these commitments. And Lord, that you would uh, uh, bind them in heaven here on earth. Lord, that, that, that you would solidify this commitment within our hearts. Lord, that we would be so resolute in our faith. Lord, that we would not be wishy-washy Christians, that we would not be people that live for you on Sunday and live for the world the rest of the week, God, but that, that we would live for you each and every day, each and every moment, that we would be people of, of faith, of strong faith. Lord, whatever tests and trials we may go through, I pray that they would purify our faith. That, that even as our faith is tested, that we would come forth, Lord, as pure gold, having been refined uh, by the trials of life. Lord, for those going through the trial right now, I pray that you would strengthen their faith, strengthen their resolve, strengthen their trust in you. Lord, I thank you that your word tells us that even when our faith is weak, you stay faithful to us. And Lord, you are holding us up. We don't stand in our own strength and ability, but it is only through your power and your spirit. Lord, I pray that as we go out this week, Lord, that you would help us to be lights shining, that you would give us opportunities to minister in your name, give us opportunities to share the gospel this week, give us opportunities to put our faith into practice. 
Give us opportunities to make a difference in our world for the sake of your name. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap tonight.